Good. Well, welcome. Welcome, Facebook people. Well, great. So check out our store, addictathlete.org. Um, jump on there, check it out. We've got some great stuff. Josh Hansen created all these things. This is our extracurricular recovery, which is going to be attached to our program that Marissa and I are feverishly writing and videoing and getting ready to get out there to uh, powers that be. Yep. So we'll be having a lot more discussions on that to be announced. I want to give a shout out and thanks to all of our Patreon subscribers. These guys are rock stars. Um, I'll let you. I'll let you all in on a little secret, and that is, are you sure? huh? Are you sure? Yeah, we we're we are wanting addict athletes to uh, become our full time jobs, and it's a, it, it, it's a good secret. We feel like we can help produce some great outcomes for people um, at a much lower cost and without the financial strain that's going to, you know, put your family into the poorhouse. And so we're doing a lot of stuff on the backside of addict to athlete to create our online program. But I need to tell you how thankful I am for our Patreon subscribers. And I hope that the content you're getting um, is, 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 worth, is worth what you're doing. Because I really do think that just donating is great. But when we feel like we can give something back to you, uh, I like that even more. Because then Absolutely. it feels like it's, it's, a, it's a this for a that. You know? And, and uh, you know, I, I love the tier system that we have selected. But I want to give a special shout out and thanks. Do you, do you want to do it this week or do you want me to? I don't have the list right here. Because I don't mind doing it. I, I love... I can remember most of them, but... Yeah, yeah. Patreon subscribers, you guys are, are the backbone right now. And we are so thankful that you're willing to, you know, share with uh, us this, this amazing experience of, of helping people overcome addictions through, um, we call it the Erase and Replace philosophy. But our super fans, um, this is a, a tier that uh, is, is easy and you get the content, you get some bonus items, um, the merch. We got Jerem Thurston, Holly Davies, Scott Foster, uh, Coach Chris Williams, Brett Frew. Brett, we have all your stuff. You should bump yeah. into us here soon. We, I know we were confused on if we got it to you because it was COVID, but we have it. So you should come to a meeting so you can get it. Come to it out. <laughs> Chelsea Olson, who we're going to have a podcast with tomorrow. Yes, we are. I'm You're gonna, you guys are going to want to hear this one. It's going to be good. Absolutely. Uh, Antonio Dominic and the Warrior Within podcast of personal development with Sensei KP. Mm-hmm. These are the, the super fans. These are the guys that I guess uh, just go out there and support and cheer for Addict Athlete. Thank you guys and gals so much. Our rookie level. Um, we got Josh Hansen, Kenny Roseman, Earl Dyer, who I kept calling Ed last night. <laughs> Sorry, Earl. You're right. Your, your initials are Ed. So I was close. You and had of him course, confused. He kept looking behind his shoulder like, is there some new guy named Ed mm-hmm. here? Yeah. And of course, uh, Joe Jackson from over there in God's country, right? Yeah. England. Thank so you so much, Joe. Joe is also volunteering to do a couple Zoom meetings and teach all of us anywhere you're at. It doesn't matter. Um, a little bit of like yoga, um, breathing, and just a few like seven minute like how do you, how can you start your day? Mm. So he, if you're in the home base group, he's asking for, you know, people to give him feedback on times that work for him, for you. And it's going to be a cool class. That's awesome. And uh, we got some stuff we're going to be doing with uh, KP as well. Some of his personal oh. development coaching. Awesome. And so, yeah, you athletes, you guys are going to be uh, represented and benefited very well from some of our Patreon subscribers here. Yes. Our pro level subscribers. Thanks so much, Selena Armitage, uh, for also being our audio checker today. And also uh, a guy that's near and dear to my heart, Gary Thurston. Yes, thank, thank you, you so that. much, you two. 
And last but not least, our championship level subscribers. These folks are at the top of the list. We got the Shad and Freya Robison family. Thank you guys so much. Um, Shad's watching right now. Good, good. I'm excited because we get to hopefully hang out with Emma here soon. I'm yeah, excited. I wonder if they're coming down Saturday. Shad, are you guys coming out this Saturday? Nine o'clock, Highland Park. And uh, of course, Ron and D. Loesch, thank you so much for your, your participation in the Patreon program. Marissa and I will have another bonus episode for you uh, coming up in the next several days. And, you know, uh, can't thank you enough. If you'd like to become a Patreon subscriber, get all of our bonus episodes. $2 a month can get you the bonus episodes. Yeah. Anything above that opens up for, you know, cool merchandise and, and, uh, and exclusive deals and all things. kinds of stuff that are coming up. So jump on patreon.com slash addict to athlete and uh, navigate, see what you got there. See what's going to work best for you. Yeah. Join that Patreon group where we love all of them and we're grateful for them and they help us continue to do what we're doing. Most definitely. All right, let's jump into it. We got, we got lots of questions and for for you who submit questions that don't make it on the air, uh, we do our best to, to answer them and get them back to you. Um, But uh you know, keep them coming. I really do enjoy answering these and reading these and seeing kind of where your heartbeats are, are kind of starting to, to, to get back in sync. So please don't, don't be shy. And we'd love to have you on the show. So if you have a question, there's Marissa's provided the zoom link. We'll bring you on and that'd be great. You ready for this first question? Yes. All right. Um, Marissa and blue. I've been a listener of the podcast for many years and I feel very connected to the resources and the content that you provide. I am very curious though, what are your degrees and specifically Marissa, what is recreational therapy? That sounds absolutely (laughs) awesome. All right. So I guess I go first. I guess you go first. So I am a certified therapeutic recreation specialist. Um, I am licensed and certified in the United States, as well as a second um, licensure in Utah. Uh, I have a bachelor's degree in recreation management and youth leadership with an emphasis in recreational therapy. Hmm. So recreational therapy is utilizing activities and lots of things, (laughs) pretty much is whatever. Challenge groups, overcoming anxiety. Anything you can think of to bring about change and help clients progress and improve. So So instead of, you know, talk therapy, that's what you do, mm -hmm. um, sitting and talking, we do activities and then we sit and we'll discuss things that we learned from that activity. But there's a lot of different facets to it. There's a lot of different um, populations you work with. I have worked with people um, with disabilities. I've worked with the elderly. I've worked with at-risk youth. Um, so some of them, it's teaching them how Sometimes to- Sometimes them combined. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Sometimes it's teaching them how to recreate now. So in this population with substance abuse, it's teaching people how to recreate sober. Yeah. Um, and some of that is teaching them how to structure and utilize free time in a healthy manner and their leisure time. And other parts of it is teaching them skills to be able to recreate and socialize. So social skills, anger management, problem solving, um, how do you, you know, depending on how do you recreate with whatever budget you have, if you have no budget, a lot of people straight out of treatment or jail don't have a lot of money, teaching them ways of being able to recreate. Which is what we talked about last week with Roe. 
right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was kind of a, a an essential yeah. aspect of that conversation was, you know, what, what essentially would be a rec therapist. So, yeah. and being able to process team addict to athletes philosophy, pretty much everything we do is recreational therapy to a certain degree. I mean, it's, it's, it's being able to utilize, you know, like you said, your, your leisure time appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to know what the number one issue is with kids and, and uh, it's getting into substance use, what is it? their free time it's their free time when you the boredom. anyone first yeah. starts using it's usually not in the middle of class it's mm-hmm. not in your middle of your shift at work it's when it's your free time it's when you're bored so if you don't address that free time and learn how to structure it appropriately that's usually the first downfall when people relapse too yeah is, you know being able to do that. Coach Chris Williams also has some rec yes. therapy background, she doesn't she? She's a recreational she? therapist as well. Yep. And so is Coach Leishman, Haley Leishman. Coach Leishman out there. Fact, she's getting ready to do every five years um, as a CTRS, you have to recertify. And that either requires like working hours in the field and continuing education units, but she's not been working in the field. So she has to retake the test. Mm. I hated that thing so bad. Yeah. So she is studying up to retake that test. Yeah. So th- th- it, it's a, it's a great career. And, and, and it's one of these rec therapy is, I would say essential for any addiction recovery program. If you go to treatment and they do not have recreational therapy with a certified recreational specialist, I would say watch what you're doing yeah. because a lot of times it's the stuff that goes on outside of the therapeutic world mm-hmm. that causes the most problems. And I know that rec therapists hist- you know, historically have been not paid well and kind of been like, oh, that's an extra. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I really don't. I've seen, I've seen programs that do it well. And I've seen some that try to get their, their, their mentors and their staff to do it. Well, because they think and it's completely different activity people. Yeah. Or, you know, when we worked in youth treatment, you and I, mm-hmm. there were multiple times they just wanted me to become the PE teacher. And there's yeah. a difference between teaching PE and teaching recreation versus a recreational therapist. Absolutely. So I do, I process, we talk about other other issues that are underlying things that come up when mostly when we do challenge groups and the high ropes course high ropes course perfect experience right talk about fear Mm -hmm. we talk about barriers to their recovery and how it you know plays into the activity we're doing and then we we have a therapeutic processing group with goals that we're working towards not just yeah going to play Exactly. And so it's a lot different because you've been trained and you specialize in knowing, you know, like you said, challenge by choice and being able to process over. I've, I've seen you get kids who were terrified of heights to get up on the high ropes course. And when they come down, they are like blown away that they had the courage to do it. Yeah. Um, where most of the time, if it's a staff, either it's like, you know, you know, you don't know how to process that and you just let them sit out and then the staff goes and enjoys the time. Or it's a happy there's not a happy medium where it's mm-hmm. like they're pushing and forcing someone to do something and which usually brings on a lot of anxiety and sometimes can be triggering and dangerous. Yeah. You know, and it, it takes a lot of skill to really learn how to help somebody push out of their comfort zone, but not letting them do whatever they want to do to stay comfortable and just do the easy way, but not pushing them so far that it becomes a danger. Absolutely. Emotionally, physically, 
you know, absolutely so that they can learn from it. And it's a healthy space in that growth zone. Yeah. So if any of you are out there looking for treatment, um, long-term residential, that needs to be part of that, that whole experience, because how are you going to utilize your leisure time appropriately? That's why I love addict to athlete. It, it, it serves as a, as, as a, I don't know, a, a reserve for those who are trying to get back into the swing of things and re relearn how to recreate sober, how to spend time with your children sober, all that mm-hmm. stuff. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Um, and then it does all of it. That's what I love about it. Cause it yeah. does the physical and it does the emotional and the social and, you know, there's it's when we parts. first started Addict to Athlete thing there now coming up on 10 years, 10 years, we did a conference and the rec therapists at the conference were blown away by what we were doing. They're like, Oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing because it was, you know, exactly what the foundation of it should be. Exactly. So I find that we're very lucky to have, um, you know, uh, a team, Marissa and I, who are licensed to do counseling and therapy um, and also recreation therapy. So it, it's, it's a good team. Yeah, have you noticed? Yeah. We've worked together for a few years. Absolutely. Even trying to hook up the stupid thing so we could broadcast on TikTok. I'm getting upset because I have a headache and and you're, you're trying to figure things out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are we going to, it turns into a rec therapy experience. But so we met at work. Yes, we did. Yeah. So we've been working together for literally, I mean, since it's what, been, 1997. Yeah. It's been a long time. So that's a great question. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you asked that because uh, it's a it's a it's a field of employment too that goes fairly unrecognized and um, has shrunk a little bit because I think people haven't haven't really pushed you know, what it's all about. So well, I don't think a lot of people see the benefits of it and. Which is sad because it makes sense, just like addict athlete. Bruce Chandler, who helped me get this stuff yes. started at the county as a rec therapist, he's and a when favorite of mine. if it wasn't for Bruce, we wouldn't have had a team in the first place because he's the one that gave he me the green light. It's so positive yep. and important. Absolutely. So, what about you? So, you know, I just went do to school a lot of a lot of years. A lot. Yeah. Of- <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, I'm dually licensed. So I, I, I'm, a, I'm a certified mental health counselor, aka a therapist, master's degree level, but I'm also um, a licensed substance use disorder counselor. Um, they're A sud season, all that kind of stuff. I don't even know what that is. I've been doing it for so long. I don't A-sud-C really care about A, B, and C suds. More practice. Oh, I think you're an A plus. You've been doing this. Been t- doing it. I went, yeah, I went through uh, the yeah. school of social work um, up at the University of Utah, mm-hmm. and uh, I was think it was like the second or third class that they started up there through through yeah, that. Just and, one of the new programs. Yeah, I've been doing it ever since. And so when they changed the licensing out, I was like, you know, you can pay you fifty bucks and put an A in front of. It. I'm like, I don't. Know, who cares? Like that stuff. <laughs> It drives me nuts. It's another way to make money. Um, So I don't really care. But um, I'm also specialized in uh, EMDR therapy, which is an amazing modality to help overcome trauma. Um, And it's funny because we utilize that in Addict to Athlete, not even realizing we were. I mean, when I talked, when I found out Dr. Shapiro, when she discovered it was because she went out for a walk to recreate during a very important time of crisis in in her experience. And she was like trying to thought process or something hard. She just went for a walk. For a walk. And recognized it through processing it and thought, Hey, there's something to this. I feel better. So when we started Addict to Athlete, you know, back in 2011, I thought we were breaking ground and all, and we to a certain degree we were, but um, you can use EMDR while you're running and while you're recreating, there's some cool things. So 
uh, yeah. And I, I just signed up to, to learn some um, nutrition stuff because there's some stuff I want to learn. Uh, that's free college. Yeah. So there's a lot of send stuff. you guys some links if you want some free degrees. But yeah, so mine, mine was uh, what, undergrad and grad school. And man, uh, I, I'm thankful every day. I feel like I, uh, I feel like I, I, I weaseled my way out of college. Like it was kind of funny. I'm going to feel like they're going to be like, Hey, can we have that diploma back? <laughs> but you're really good at what you do. Well, thank so you. I don't think so. So it's a great question. Um, you know, and we're always ready to advocate anyone who wants to go into the field that yeah. uh, needs some advice. Um, Marissa spends lots of time on phones with people that want to go into it. So yeah, if I've you... been doing it since, geez, 96. 96. I've been certified since 98. So I've been doing it a long time yeah. and you've, been doing your thing since yeah 2001 yeah well and both these jobs could could potentially be um you know a little bit uh, on, on the uh what the intense emotion side and so mm-hmm. it's funny people have asked blue have you ever experienced burnout and the answer is no i never have not one time even when we've had to go through some dark times at like places that didn't want us to play with them anymore mm-hmm. i still didn't get burned out because it's sole purpose stuff. It's what we're supposed to do. So if you have that interest, we'd love to help you get started. Yeah. Um, you know, shoot, you can even start by becoming a certified sober coach and get a feel for it before you jump into the big stuff. So yep. anyway, great question. All right. This one right here is a little bit more emotional. Okay. Um, coach Blue, I recently lost my mother to suicide. It's been pretty heavy for us ever since. My biggest issue now is that I feel we're going to lose my dad probably the same way, but with alcohol. Mm. How do we go through grieving the loss of our mom at the same time, knowing that our father's right behind? Ooh. Oh, that's tough. All right. Uh, I'm assuming adult children. And so yeah. we've got some, you know, we've got some heavy stuff here. I think we start looking at, um, you know, that grief cycle for mom. I'm not sure the person didn't indicate how long she had passed away, but it sounded like it was a suicide, which is, which is heavy mm-hmm. in and of itself, because there's a lot of questions as to why and, and things that, uh, well, you already are going through the grief cycle of the loss, let yeah. alone, you know, the struggle of, you know, the emotions that are tied with, with suicide. So I started looking at these kind of things, and especially with dad. I mean, obviously if, if he's lost his wife, and, you know, there's, there's probably been some, some years of, of feelings that have gone maybe, you know, un, unkept and maybe there's some stuff that you aren't aware of. Um, but alcohol is that number one bill that tries to think that if we use it, we can forget it and it doesn't work that way. And so not only are you losing mom, now you're, you feel like you're losing your dad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's time to try to take a little bit of a stand and get yourself involved um, in the healing process. Uh, you know, Marissa mentioned the grief cycle and it's kind of an interesting thing because I'm sure that as you are experiencing the grief from, from mom, you know, passing away, you're right kind of stuck in the middle now watching dad do the same thing. So as you might be in kind of some denial with mom, you might be in some of the depression stage with dad. And so you're like, which, which cup yeah. do I fill here? Um, you know, it's, it's one of these things where, you know, if you have siblings maybe it's time to have a, a sibling powwow and to find out what can we do together family, because this is scary. Um, 
also that grief cycle, you guys, we try, I mean, we try to push people through that too fast sometimes. Like you've got to be able to experience it and let the emotions kind of, I'm going to say naturally kind of take its progression. Which means up, down, around, it's going to, it takes time. Absolutely. You know, but also, you know, you've got a third little like, you know, denominator you've got to plug in here and that's how is your mental health doing with all this? Right. Because, you know, um, you know, no work, no amount of work to distract yourself or love um, will really kind of flush out the guilt, the anxiety, the fear that you might have that feeling maybe of the hollowness of your heart. That's like that void that was left behind by mom. Be, uh, you know, because plans for the future um, you, you probably can't make future. Like there's so much unsurety. Right. Uh, but I think you have to understand that at this point, you've got to take a stock and, and put some stewardship back into your own well being, because this is a lot at once. Sure. I mean, it, it's huge. And, you know, we can't, I don't, I don't know, we can't be more sensitive to any kind of pleasure or happiness without being sensitive to the pain. And so if you're going through pain, it's going to be super hard for you to like see the light at the end of the tunnel. So which comes first? What do we heal first? Which one, you know, you know, needs to kind of, I don't know, take lead. Uh, it, it's, it's a difficult, it's a difficult I think a lot lot of times it's really just being able to feel, and that means it's going to hurt and you're going to cry and it's going to be frustrating and anger. Um, Looking at the idea that your dad may be making the choices to harm himself physically with whether it's alcohol or anything like that. And the thought of losing him after what's been going on is probably puts you in a state of fear. And a lot of people in that state of fear, um, respond out of panic. Right. And when you respond out of panic, it usually doesn't go well. So my, my suggestion would be to sit and talk with your dad. You don't need to talk to him about your fears, about the panic and dad, we just lost mom. We're afraid we're going to lose you. Talk to him. Which is probably what's going on. I would talk to him about how he's feeling. Right. Again, if he is just drowning out those emotions with alcohol he needs to feel. And if you're going to be able to just sit with him, talk to him, help him, let him know that you're there to listen, that he can open up and you can help him ooze some of that pain. Mm -hmm. That's to me, probably the best thing you can do than trying to stop him from harming himself by drinking too much. I like what you just said, you know, because here's, here's the situation too, is, are you willing to put in and commit to the time that's going to be necessary to help him heal at the same time, allow yourself to heal? Because if it's not, if it's not this, then what is it? Meaning, you know, your dad's probably hurting too, just like you guys are, you know, and I'm not sure what his health like, but if you're, if you're worried enough to make a post here, it's probably pretty rough shape. And so are you willing to go the extra mile too? Are you willing to bring him into your system and to be, I don't want to say like uh, another companion, but also to be kind of, you know, yeah, you're his keeper. I'm going to say to a certain degree, you know, um, because if you're making these kind of commitments and if you truly want that relationship, uh, you've yeah, your mercy is right. You've got to sit and talk with him first. And 
these kind of things too are, are not to like, you know, dad, your drinking is going to kill you. Obviously, like Marissa said, I love the fact that you go into that with an open heart and say, Hey, you know, I can't imagine how bad this feels for you. This is how we feel. Um, what can we do together to, you know, to get our family back on track? I mean, there's honest communication coming from a humble location in your heart, I think outranks any, any kind of, uh, you know, like order or demand, you know, or, or stipulation you're going to place on that relationship. Yeah. One you, thing, this reminds me of a few years ago, my mom was really, really struggling with mm-hmm. a lot of health issues. So physically she was struggling emotionally. She was desperate. Yeah. She um, got extremely depressed and there was a little bit of time where we were worried about her harming herself. And a lot of my siblings and family did that response out of panic. Yeah. And well, mom, you can't do this. So mom, you need to do this. Tried and, to restrict. And telling her what she needed to do. And I just remember you going over and and taking her for a ride. And yeah, we did. Just going to talk. You didn't go there to tell her what she could do, what she needed to do, what she should do, what she has to do, what she's supposed to do. None of that. You just went and went for a ride. And I don't know. I don't remember how long you guys were gone. An hour. But that was it. Yeah. She came back and was a whole different person. Yeah. That's all she needed. Yeah. You know? And it and again, it's not that my my siblings were doing something wrong. No, they love it her. Was, they yeah. love her and they wanted to help. But sometimes that panic, like I say, and that fear does not bring about the best response. No. And it's, You're right. you know. Absolutely. So I would start there. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay, I mean, this sounds kind of funny, but I wouldn't pay too much attention to the drinking. That's a symptom of the, of, of probably the emotional pain that he's feeling that you're feeling. You're, mm-hmm. you're probably choosing a different way, you know, but also I, I love what Marissa just said. It's about, you know, taking a, a different approach, maybe a different view of it um, and seeking help if needs be, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot here. We have people on this team that have been in similar situations to a degree of, of lost someone they love, or, you know, they have great advice on that healing process. I think so many times we try to buoy ourselves up and try to be stronger than we really are. And we forget to ask other people's experiences because we're hurting so bad. We don't want to reopen a wound on somebody else, but that helps them heal when they can use their experience to help you. That's, that's a, that's a healing, you know, experience, not a reopening of the wound. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, it's one of these things where uh, just, just be authentic, just be genuine to speak to your concerns, um, but do it out of a place of love, not out of urgency. Yeah. That's what I would say. Man, oh man. All right. You ready for this one or do we got? Okay. This one's interesting. Uh, Coach Blue, we have some big decisions to make. My, My husband, who has been incarcerated for just under a year, is being released in about 30 days. Things have changed drastically since he's been incarcerated. And I'm afraid that he has not made the changes that I've made on the outside. As we reintegrate our family and start looking for the the common ground to rebuild upon, I'm nervous because the last letter I received from him explained in detail the things he wants to do, which does not 
correlate with the things I'm hoping to achieve. Any advice would be welcome. That's tough. It's interesting. It's interesting. You and I have been watching this funny little show on television. <laughs> it's called uh, Sons of Anarchy. Holy cow. I thought, oh, this, will be, funny a, little this will be a pleasant one to watch. Holy cow. I watch this and I think of all the chaos and the craziness that is that life. Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting because in incarceration, they have all these fantasies about what life's going to be like on the outside. And they have all these beautiful plans, not realizing the, the exhaustive work that it's going to have to take place in order to achieve that. Mm -hmm. um, it's concerning that you haven't been able to establish your plans with him, that yeah. the things you've changed you know, throughout this, you know, almost, almost year now hasn't landed on ears of reception and more so as, well, that's great, but this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And I think that no plans for the future can be made uh, by those who have no capacity to be living in the now. There's no rhyme or reason or way that's going to work out. And, and future trip when you can't even, you know, be stable now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, it really does, again, come down to communication. It's like you said, it's sad that maybe they haven't had some of these conversations as this year passed and maybe it's real close to happening now, but that's okay. And there's still going to need to be some, some talking. There's going to be needing to be some, mutual understanding um, or compromise or healthy boundary set, depending mm -hmm. on what's going on that you can look at, you know, the greater good of the whole, I'm guessing is, I don't know, is this just a husband and wife? Do the other kids involved? Like what is, mm -hmm. you know, when you have a, an, a family involvement, it, it changes things. Yeah. Even a husband and wife, but when you have kids involved too, there's things, some people, that's part of being a family is there's portions that you have to give up and portions the other person has to give up to make everything kind of work together. I'm going to go out on a limb here and maybe it's fresh in my mind because we just recorded the, the minor league podcast with Savannah. And I highly recommend all of you going and listening to that because she shocked me a little bit with, with the topic and trust me, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent, but it will relate and that is the, the, the minor league podcast today specifically talks about respect. And it comes from an angle of a 15-year-old woman. And what she sees in the media, what she sees on TV, what she sees on TikTok, the way that she sees sexism and uh, you know the, the, the moral fabric of our country that's kind of getting tore apart for, for really no good reason other than we have forgotten how to respect each other. And as I'm sitting there listening to her and she defines respect and, and we talk about that a little bit, she brings up some interesting issues that uh, really highlight what we need to be watching for here. I was... Um, I'm the product of a very broken home, but of a single mother and two sisters. And so being the youngest of the family, I watched how, how men treated them. I watched the relationships that came and went. I watched the abuse that they suffered both physically and emotionally. I watched it all. And for me, I find it very lucky. And it sounds kind of funny, but I feel very lucky having had an experience of of the feminine side 
you know, for a very long time, I was a very meek and like shy individual because those were the attributes um, being taught through through women in a world that was not designed for them back then. And the, the interesting thing about that is what's happening now. We see the Me Too movement. We see, you know, like like people now starting to stand up. I, I, I listen and I hear some of some clips on Governor Cuomo of, of New York, who is refusing to step down despite multiple women, women coming forward and saying, hey, this happened. And, you know, you get these people on the fence. We have Utah, who's you know, uh, Governor Cox, who's saying we should ban all pornography on mobile devices. And I'm thinking that's a great idea. But then you get into the comment section of some of these things and you hear people just pissed off left and right that it's their right to view it. And I'm like, you guys are forgetting, right? It is not a victimless crime here. This is sex trafficking at its best. And you guys fighting for what you think is a constitutional right is actually very devastating. And I'm blown away by the amount of people that are like, nah, what we want it. And I'm like, you're forgetting the mothers and the daughters of, of the people that you're watching. You're forgetting the moral compass of all this kind of stuff. And so I'm listening to Savannah and, you know, it's funny. She's sharing with me some things that she's understanding and out. She's like, you know, you, you, you've been watching the, the David Dolbrick, you know, like fallout. And I have no idea how I got sucked into this, but like, you know, it's a, it's a YouTuber kid who got a little bit of fame and it went right to his head and he thought he was, you know, you know, tougher than God. And what happened was him and his little buddy thought it'd be funny. And it ended up in a rape situation with a, with a young woman and now the fallout and he's losing all of his contracts and all of his sponsors. And he's trying to apologize, but it's like the dad, Damage is done. A little too late. And it's like, you know, that is the world that our children, our, our girls are growing into, that most boys, most men have a pornography issue, which means that do we have to just tolerate, you know, a potential um, young man who's courting our daughter or maybe a marriage in the future that that's probably going to be on his, on his resume for life that, yeah, there's this issue here and do women just settle because I've seen it a lot, you know? And so as I'm hearing this question here about like your situation at home is not next is not compatible with his because you've had this growth and he's kind of still in this criminal mindset. I'm thinking, is he even listening to you? Is he seeing the value of the mother, of the, of the, of the caretaker, you know, that sympathetic part that we all, all men should have to say, Hey, you know what? I shouldn't be making any plans. I should be happy that you even stuck around, but instead he's making plans that you're like, Ooh, I don't know if this is going to, this is going to gel. It's completely inappropriate. It's a misogynistic approach to saying you belong in the kitchen, so to speak. And, I didn't even make the correlation until I read this out loud. And I'm like, that's exactly what Savannah and I were talking about today. And it blows my mind how thick it really is and still is. I'll get off my horse for a minute. Thoughts? No, I just listening intently. I 100% agree. I really do think us guys need to step it up. We are coming up short in a lot of different areas. And, I, and you know, I'm not trying to be holier than thou, and I'm not trying to take away masculinity from men, but we're not protecting you as we once did. We're not, we're, we are typecasting ourselves into becoming kind of like dummies, well, right? It often comes down to a control issue. Again, respect isn't a control issue. So Mm-mm. if there's a control thing that you want to dominate somehow or some way, um, or take over or force things into a certain area or certain space that works for you, 
there's not respect there. It doesn't matter, man, woman, child. Yeah. And that's that's not how <clears throat> respect works. And it I was, does come down I was to reading that. some statistics and it's it's heartbreaking how many young women are end up raped, molested, um, groped. It's it's disgusting. And I'm like, this little bubble we live in, um, you know, I mean, Savannah was almost a victim of that you know, when she was 12 years old. Yeah. And, and she talks about that in her out. podcast. And I'm thinking, guys, where are we? You know, I I, I sympathize for for this, 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 you know, this young woman who, who submitted this question, because it's like, how much have you sacrificed to make him happy? You know, and don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, again, I, I'm not trying to say that men are scum. I'm not at all. What I'm saying is, is that we have a hell of a lot of work to do. And we are, we're losing the battle here, guys. We are not respecting um, our elders, our our female companions, our potential companions at all. We're going for what's good now and what feels great now and the pleasure now. Mm -hmm. And we're forgetting that there are real people on the other end of that. Um, I find it very disturbing reading the comments for the pornography thing about how many people were upset. A majority of them male. Yeah. You know, government can't tell me what to do. Government can't restrict what I'm seeing on there. I'm like, dude, you, do you realize that you're not advocating for like, um, you know, for, you know, for government to get out of your, out of your way, you're advocating for sex crimes. You're advocating for sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. You're, adv- you're advocating for women to continue to be viewed as objects and tools yeah. to gain pleasure. Blows my mind. So simple. I mean, you know, you look at the controversy with the NCAA right now with the March Madness, oh, yeah. you know, something so simple. And it was a, a young woman. Uh, uh, I'm not even sure where she's from. Is it, is it, was I, it Georgia somewhere? I didn't know where she was from. And she posted a picture of, of their weight room. It was a rack of of, of thumb yeah. of dumbbells, dumbbells like, yeah. compared to and then they showed the, the men's had. and it was this state-of-the-art they had like 20 50 machines out there and then she said this is our this is our congratulations you know bag and it shows you opened up a little bag there's a t-shirt and a water bottle then it showed the men's and the whole bed it was like towels and blankets and shirts and sweaters and hoodies and pants there's tons of swag and i'm like huh and, and you and i were talking about this and we're like well there's where the money goes right no one cares about women's basketball so they get this as you guys can settle for this and it wasn't even an issue until it went to social media and i'm like that means somewhere down the line some jack wagon was like this is good enough didn't even raise the eyebrow that decision had to go down so many people to get to that point and i'm like none of you raise an eyebrow it's not just that this has been going on for decades and that's part of the problem is it becomes the norm yeah and people think they don't even think that it should be different. Yeah. Not that. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Absolutely. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Ridiculous. So I have a lot of disrespect for, for, for men who, uh, you know, get using inside of a, a relationship and end up, you know, pushing that onto their, onto their, their wives or girlfriends. There's nothing more disrespectful than introducing a female, um, into the world of addiction because you're not just hurting you. You're hurting a generation. I mean, think about right. it. You know, children, all that. I'm telling you. Yeah. Moms don't really get a choice. They have to stick around for their kids. Dads, you guys, we got it easy, man. We have a choice. We're like, oh, I'm out. Dad's choosing. We're gone. Or and I'm telling you guys, we got we to gotta do better. 
But listening to Savannah talk today kind of blew me away and it caught me way off guard because I wasn't expecting her to go that deep. That's awesome. Yeah. So can't wait to hear it. Don't settle. I'm not going to tell you to get a divorce from this guy because I don't know your situation, but don't settle. Don't, don't become meek because he wants to keep the lifestyle of partying on the weekends and living paycheck to paycheck. You've worked your tail off to keep whatever living life you know, experience that you have. And, you know, you've been doing the hard work. I'm sorry. Jail's not hard. It's just not. You know, it's not like the, I'm going to get the lights turned off. Guess what? They have lights in jail. Yeah. Right. In fact, they have so much security. They've got job security. They've got, yeah. you know, they've, they've got, got food, food security. They've, they've got, got everything. Um, that they achieve maximum security. You, on the other hand, that freedom that you have. Yeah. A lot of those unknowns are really comes with scary. a lot more stress. Yeah. So, so, you know, don't settle. You, you obviously have some emotional authority, use it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's what I've taught my girls from day one, never just settle. It's just, it's not, yeah. it's not appropriate. So I'm sorry that got off on a little bit of a tangent, but we just got That's done good. with that podcast. And I'm like, all right, this is where this seems to go. And it, and it bleeds out in the most strange ways because who would have thought that this would have been a, you know, a, a, a sexism type question, but, but it kind of is to a certain degree. So, yeah. well, you know, a lot of women believe that, you know, they have to they get stuck. Follow, yeah. Or they need to, or they should. No, that's why this, 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 um, it's not really an uprising, but this awareness that's coming out. I, I love it. I think it's, I think it's great. I, I love, I love the fact that, that, uh, you know, women are starting to take a stance. The TikTok I watched, I was telling Savannah on the podcast was a girl who says, I'm going to go running. And I'm like, cool. I wonder what shoes she's got. And, She's like, she puts a chip in her shoe in case she gets taken. And then she carries a, a thing of mace in case she has to spray somebody. And she out. has some of these brass knuckle looking things in case she has to take a swing. And then she doesn't run with music because she got to hear who's coming up behind her. Attention. And I'm like, are you kidding me? United States of America? Guys, come on. If it's not us that's going to step up and start treating this with more respect, who is it going to be? You know, and I've, so I've talked to our girls about that when we're out uh, walking and we talk about you looking straight in the eye, whether they're going to, you know, yeah. like the skills to protect yourself and defend yourself, um, which is sad that I feel like I have to teach them that. And yeah. that I think through all those things, what would I do? How would I attack? What would I, you know? Mm -hmm. So she brought up the thing. I'm not going to give too much of this because I want you guys to go listen to that podcast, but it was interesting. She called it. Um, she said there's a, there's a movement on TikTok right now about protect uh protecting your daughters or something mm -hmm. and someone said how about how about enlightening your sons i yeah. thought ooh, yeah i like that that's where a lot of it goes something like that but go listen to that podcast um you know because i think you'll get Just a lot out today. of it and it, it again it comes from a, a 15 year old perspective but i'll tell you it's got lots of depth and wisdom there so go check that out absolutely god that was I didn't know I was going to go there. Sorry. That's good. My goodness. Good information. Goodness gracious. All Hopefully right. It will help someone. I have a question. Shoot. Okay. So I'm almost 10 months alcohol free, but for some reason it's becoming harder and harder as the time goes on. Any tips? I'm starting to feel like I'm drowning again. We were talking about this just yesterday and I would highly recommend you going and watching after this, our, our meeting last night about yeah. the hero's journey 
So the status quo, let's get back in there. In fact, Marissa, I'm going to pull that up so they can see this, okay? And play it or just see the visual. We could play it too. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to share the screen. So explain to her a little bit about the hero's journey and that status quo position, that plateau that we talked about last night, because that's what she's talking about. So the hero's journey is what, I don't know who it is that's... (laughs) Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell has kind of recognized and being able to identify that every story, every movie, every book, and in fact, all each and every one of us in our lives go through this cycle in Mm -hmm. what they call the hero's journey. It's really obvious when you look at, you know, different shows like he uses in this, um, the example of the Katniss Everdeen in, what is that? The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. And, you know, you start at the status quo of just everything's fine, everything's good. And then you get a call to adventure, a call to do something. And if you can bring it up, because I know yep. I'll say the one of the steps wrong. Um, but then you have your your challenge and and the fear that comes into that. And what, let's see if it, you have it coming up here. You want to do this one right here. Yes. Right. So you have your call to your adventure and then you have assistance. There's usually someone that comes and joins you or somebody. It's two minutes. You. Do, you want it, do you want me to show them? Oh, yeah. Let's show them. We'll Some talk advice. about it. All right. They say it much better than I do. We're going to recap it. All right. I, I wonder if you guys can hear this, though. I went to Harry Potter. Can you guys Kevin hear that? And Frodo all have in common with the heroes mm-hmm. of ancient Egypt. What if I told you they are all variants of the same hero? Do you believe that? Joseph Campbell did. He studied myths from all over the world and published a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces, retelling dozens of stories and explaining how each represents the monomyth or hero's journey. So what is the hero's journey? Think of it as a cycle. The journey begins and ends in the hero's ordinary world, but the quest passes through an unfamiliar, special world. Along the way, there are some key events. Think about your favorite book or movie. Does it follow this pattern? Status quo. They all do. That's where we start. One o'clock. Call to adventure. The hero receives a mysterious message. An invitation? A challenge? Two o'clock. Assistance. The hero needs some help. Probably from someone older, wiser. Three o'clock. Departure. The hero crosses the threshold from his normal, safe home and enters the special world and adventure. We're not in Kansas anymore. Four o'clock, trials. Being a hero is hard work. Our hero solves a riddle, slays a monster, escapes from a trap. Five o'clock, approach. It's time to face the biggest ordeal, the hero's worst fear. Six o'clock, crisis. This is the hero's darkest hour. He faces death possibly even dies, only to be reborn. Seven o'clock, treasure. As a result, the hero claims some treasure, special recognition, power. Eight o'clock, result. This can vary between stories. Do the monsters bow down before the hero, or do they chase him as he flees from a special world? Nine o'clock, return. After all that adventure, the hero returns to his ordinary world. 10 o'clock, new life. This quest has changed the hero. He has outgrown his old life. 11 o'clock, 
resolution. All the tangled plot lines get straightened out. 12 o'clock, status quo, but upgraded to a new level. Nothing is quite the same once you're a hero. Many popular books and movies follow this ancient formula pretty closely, but let's see how well The Hunger Games fits the hero's journey template. When does Katniss Everdeen hear a call to adventure that gets the story moving? When her sister's name is called from the lottery? How about assistance? Is anyone going to help her on her adventure? Hey, Mitch. What about departure? Does she leave her ordinary world? She gets on a train to the capital. Okay, so you get the idea. What do you have in common with Harry Potter, Katniss Everdeen, and Frodo? So, I, I love it. I think that's a great representation of our addictions and the way that we kind of navigate the, the, the whole experience, okay? Yeah. So, last night we were talking about this, the status quo, okay? None of us decided one day we wanted to be addicts, alcoholics, or, or what have you. you know? um, there was some kind of call to adventure. Maybe it was an invitation from a friend. Like you said, it doesn't happen in the middle of math class, no. right? That adventure comes when mom and dad are gone. You know, hey, uh, the weekend party at my house. And then, you know, it keeps going. The assistance, something steps up, steps in to help you get to the departure, right? Usually and that's, that's often the substance. That's usually the, the substance. That it could it be a substance. Well, the departure. The departure is that crossover from what you used to be. That sober kid, like we said, all of us know how to be sober because we were once, mm -hmm. all of us, until that point that we weren't. The departure, where was it? What was it? You know, the very first time you ever used, you know, it's, it's all that stuff that slowly puts you into the trials of addiction down there. Uh, that's the battles. That's the law enforcement. That's the jail stills. That's all the yeah. stuff that starts to kind of really plague you. How do you find your next hit? Most people get stuck there. Yeah. They keep going through trial. They don't realize there's so much more to learn. The approach to the crisis. This is like when, you know, when, when maybe it's a DUI, maybe it's, mm -hmm. it's something big, maybe it's an overdose, what, what have you, you know, the scary stuff. And then that treasure, once the crisis is over that I've done this, I've come, I, I've, I've you know, been on probation. I did drug court. The treasure is it's that, that certificate. Good yeah. job. And isn't it interesting that the treasure is still found in that special world, that yeah. aha moment that I'm going to change. Maybe it's you found addict to athlete. You're maybe starting it's you. to maybe move towards something different. Absolutely. The results, it's interesting. The results of all this are still in that dark special world. It's like, okay, what was it? What are the, you know, mm -hmm. the results are, well, I'm done now. I'm You're off starting, probation. Starting to feel sobriety and feel what it's like and the benefits of it are slowly coming in. And then what happens is the return. Now, the return is not as exciting as you go across back over there to the trial stage, right? Mm -hmm. And it's certainly, you know, like a lot better than the crisis mode. But that return's a little bit different because you're different. Yeah. Maybe you're off paper now. Maybe you, you're, you're, your fines are paid. Maybe everything's done. And now you've got this new life, which was, holy crap, what just happened? That was nuts. And a lot of times that new life is so so scary yeah it was for me even if you know you're a new person you've grown and this has been this huge stepping stone it's like that awakening still is it's just frightening and yeah. people struggle right there they do but check this out right that new life that you have and that resolution of like being able to dust yourself you're, off i'm gonna keep doing this yep and then all of a sudden you got 10 months and you're back to that status quo Right. Yeah. You're, you're back at that status quo and you're like, is this as good as it gets? Mm -hmm. Like he said, 
you know, that, that experience changed you, obviously, yeah. you know, all that did the alcohol consumption, the, the, the ins and outs of relationships, everything, you know, from, from status quo A to status quo B, mm-hmm. you've had a hell of a journey. Yeah. But what happens if you just stay stuck in status quo? Yeah. You plateau. Yeah. You start thinking, this isn't as great as I thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. which tells me that it's time to go on another adventure, one of your choosing. Yeah. Don't wait for something to come to you. Absolutely. Because if you do, it may be a little frightening. Absolutely. What adventure you're going to be called We, to. especially us in, in addiction recovery, you guys, we are not supposed to just be idle. We can't. It's, it's, it's why we had such great, amazing experiences through addiction. We're not supposed to be there. But what happens now is... You know, what happens now if you choose your own adventure? What happens if you're at the at the at the helm of the ship, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe that that call to adventure is, I'm going to see if I can go to college. Yeah. I'm going to try this. And then, like we talked about this whole thing, right? We maybe talked about get, how, how do we do this? The get, assistance. Yeah, you get grants. Yep. All of a sudden, or you go to um, what is it? Job. Uh, Workforce services. Work, yeah, voc rehab. Voc rehab. Somebody helps you be able mm-hmm. to like find the way to get there. And then all of a sudden, you have that like my new life after I did my addiction, my call to adventure was this. I wonder if I can go to school. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I can do this. My assistance was Marissa. My departure, she had to walk me to my first day of class. I was scared to death. I had no idea. It was, it was, well, it wasn't UVU back then. It was Utah. It was UVCC. No, it wasn't, no, UB. UBSC. UBSC. State, state college then. And the departure was me going in on the own, knowing that I was dumb, knowing that I was a high school dropout and barely finished adult high school. Or believing that. That departure was yeah. nuts. But then also I got a feel for it. But the trials, oh yeah. my gosh. Once you it sets in to really go to class. I could tell you about my trials, right? Yeah. College my, was tough. College was rough for me. And long story short, it, it was crazy. We had crisis. Yeah. And trials after crisis. The approach to the crisis was nuts, though. The crisis for me was after I'd done it all. And I'm sitting in front of this test now with all my schooling behind me. And I have to take two tests to get this license to say, congratulations. You now have the authority to go out and help people through therapy. And the crisis came when I'm like, everything pivots on this. Yeah. The first time I took it, failed miserably. Fail. Second time I took it, failed Fail. miserably. And after, and just questioning. But uh, you know what? You know? I remember this because after the crisis came the treasure, it was something that you said to me, which was, God wants you to do this. Trust him. Yeah. You remember that? You're meant to do this. Yeah. You're supposed to do this. And if you're supposed to do this, you'll pass. Yeah. And I remember. Doesn't mean it will be easy. Yeah. Doesn't mean it will happen the no. first time. But that was my treasure. And the result I passed. Yeah. Passed both of them. The return was amazing. I was no longer a college student. All of a sudden now I'm going to have all this time. I'm going to have so much time. I don't have to go to school. I don't have to study for anything. Yeah. That new life of being a graduate, being able to hand my, my license over, get a pay increase, mm-hmm. you know, back to status quo for like a week. About a week. And then it was, hey, we have a church calling for you. Yeah. You know, I got called to be a bishop. And I'm like, okay, here's it. Here's it again. Oh, my goodness. If you're feeling like you're plateauing that 10 months of, of being sober 
um, is, is kind of getting on the rocks there. It's time for you to choose your own adventure. Yeah. You're not supposed to stay idle. We're not supposed to. That's one reason why I think addict to athlete works so well, mm-hmm. because all of a sudden they're called to adventure. They're a runner. They're doing all these things, right? Yeah. But you can't be a runner forever either. Agreed. It's not, I mean, after a while, it's like, okay, I've been there. I've done that. Mm-hmm. So now what? Okay. We are, we are people, we are beings. And, and you know, this is a rec therapist. We're not supposed to just be idle. No, we're supposed to be creating, producing, moving, doing, doing, teaching. If you're feeling like you're stuck in status quo, it's time for you to move again and not, not try to rewind this or, or try to go on another adventure of like, well, this one, I'm going to see how heroin works instead of alcohol. Come on. Don't do that to yourself. You've been there. You've experienced that special world of being an addict. Mm-hmm. No more. What about this time? Now it's going to be, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be a chef. Yeah. You know, or you know what? I'm, I'm going to go hike the Appalachian trail. Oh yeah. That'd be awesome. I mean, you know, it's, it's something that you get to choose. Why choose an adventure that's going to end up you know, having all the negative stuff in that special world again? Maybe you won't get past trials this time. Maybe you'll lose your battle at, at, at crisis. I mean, goodness, you know, it's one of these things where what inspires you to be great? What is, what, what's your sole purpose telling you? What haven't you seen yet? I, yeah. I, I want to go see, I want to go touch the pyramids in Egypt. Why? Because I don't know if they're really there. I have no idea if they're there. I've seen them on TV and the books, but how do I know? It's kind of like this, you know, the Mona Lisa, right? When you see the Mona Lisa, you think this is a huge, beautiful work of art. Yeah. And and you get there. It's like an eight by ten. It's like an eight by ten. Picture. It's this teeny little thing. Teeny. You know what? We want to go to Plymouth Rock. We want to see where the pilgrims landed yeah. their boat. We're going to see this huge mountain of this rock. And when you get there, it's about the size of a, of a yoga ball. But you got to see it. <laughs> but it's like you have to. That's the best. That's part, the adventure. Experiencing that. Absolutely. You come to think of it, this is how I maintain my recovery and sobriety for so long is because I always had a carrot dangling out there of, of a, mm-hmm. of a, of a to be a part of. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, if you're feeling stagnant, that means you've got to call yourself to an adventure. You be scared all you want. Be nervous about it. It's going to school well, for me. Oh my gosh. I'm like, this is ever going to end. I remember a friend of mine back then said to me, blue, those days are going to come and go anyway, whether you're going to school or if you're sitting downstairs in your basement, watching the Simpsons, that time's going to come and go anyway. Wouldn't you like to have something better in four years, in or four years, years than to be able to quote every Simpsons episode? You know, say it like that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, if you're feeling like you're plateauing, it means you're in status quo. It's time to call yourself to an adventure. You know, again, there are online programs you can take for education yeah. that you can take for free. Yeah, tons of them. Harvard. Harvard right? has Yale. I'm, I'm, I kid you not. I, like I said, I signed up for the nutritional one so that I can, you know, do that. And if I want to pay a hundred bucks, I can even get a certificate saying that I am. So I can call myself one. Yeah. This life isn't meant to be hidden behind the glass or behind the needle or behind the pill bottle. Yeah. That call to adventure is a serious, serious. And it makes such a big difference when you choose in, you choose that call instead of allowing it to be. Whoever's asking this question, I want you to tell me what you want to do. And I want to help you get there. Uh, I want to be part of that. Number two, the, the assistance part. I want to help motivate you to go. Um, 
I mean, think about what you never thought possible. I never thought possible I would go to school. I was the first one in my family to ever graduate high school. Yeah. Let alone go to college. That was let a, alone a master's degree. That was yeah. That that was a no. That was a no brainer. That, yeah. There's no way. And so I scared to death. Yeah. You know, but that new life number ten. Your new life wasn't just to now just settle and be forever and always um, an alcoholic. Hello, I'm blue. I'm an alcoholic. No, 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 no. Just floating along it's with time. life. It's time. You know, like the hobbits, let's go on an adventure. Yeah. Choose it. You know those books, Choose Your Own Adventure? Those are great. Love, you got to choose. Love those books. I always made the wrong one. My, Bear, my book Girls. always ended with them dying. On is it the Discovery Channel? You get to choose which adventure Bear goes on. And I love that one. Yeah. We chose the one where he had to eat. Eat the bear poop. You want to, yeah, you guys, you guys are putting him through all kinds of crap. Yeah. Choose your own adventure. If you're being called to it, it's time. You know, status quo is, is hitting that plateau. It's time to do things that scare you a little bit. Make you feel alive again. I know coach Johnson's going to be taking people skydiving. That's a great way to start. Yeah. You know, do something you never thought possible. Don't go back to the old ways things were because that special world that you climbed down of when you got sober 10 months ago, Mm-hmm. it's still there, but this time it's going to be 10 times worse because you know better. Yeah. So how about doing something that you never thought possible? What's a goal you want to see? I want to go climb to the top of the, uh, of, of the Himalaya mountains. I want to go scale yeah. El Capitan. Do you I mean whatever moves, you know, yeah. that heart do it, Try it. man. I, thank you for letting me, um, yeah, well, I love, that you know, show. Love uh, that. Two minutes that changes your life if you look at it right. Yeah, it really is too, isn't it? Like it's it's two minutes that can really kind of like reshape the way you see things. And I'm a firm believer, you guys, that you know. In fact, so much so if you don't believe me, go look at, at our addict athletes pulse last night around midnight. You know, you're heroes in my eyes. You know, all, all of us are. These people, we who have overcome addiction, or you who have overcome adversity in any way, shape, or form, whether it be substance use, whether it be pornography, whether it be, you know, eating, whatever it is, you're heroes in my book. You know, you you stood up against the adversary of that addiction and you crushed it. Why did you render yourself back to that common enemy? Because as you've been sober, that enemy, that addiction has been getting wiser. It's starting to know, you you know, your your blemishes and your weaknesses, and it's going to go for your Achilles heel. It'll go for it. So it won't be as easy as it was last time, which you're thinking, well, that wasn't easy. That was hard. Yeah. So choose your adventure. Yep. That's what I would Utilize say. Utilize the people around you and go for it. Yeah. So listeners, viewers, thank you so much for, for hanging out, participating with us today. If your question didn't get answered, please drop us a message. Um, there's, there's, there's so much for us to go over. Uh, uh, thank you for those who trusted us enough to submit those questions. Yes, and please yeah. send them to us, email message. We'd love to help out more go listen to the uh, minor league podcast that was posted today um this podcast will be uh downloaded and be able to share on friday yeah um, you know we, somebody wants to hear this we today. have an amazing guest for addict to athletes podcast this coming monday yes we have a, a couple yeah up. really good ones the first one will be uh, an olympic swimmer from the uh, 1984 olympics. olympics gold medal winner when she was 16. 16 years old. Carrie Bates. Carrie Bates. So we're excited so to talk excited to her. For um, to tune in for that. And of course, yeah, we've also got our, our Patreon subscriber, Chelsea, Chelsea Olson. Olson, who her and I go way back. So we got some good things coming up. Also, uh, if I wouldn't mind plugging the uh, Agents of Sobriety, 
with myself, Max Hall, professional football player, retired, and Brock Bevel, you know, retired undercover uh, officer who has an amazing story in and of himself. So go yeah. check out um, our our Agents of Recovery yeah, podcast. Ones on Spotify and iTunes. Absolutely. So until next time, go turn that mess into a very powerful message. 